1973, what's now known as Delaware Humanities was born, beginning its mission to strengthen communities across the state by connecting Delawareans through the diversity of human experiences. Now, five decades later, Delaware Humanities continues that work, promoting a respectful exchange of ideas to help the first state do its part to build a flourishing democracy. And to help celebrate these 50 years, we bring you 2023-1973 In Conversation, a podcast focused on the conversations Delaware Humanities has engaged in with Delawareans over the years and continues to encourage today in the first state. This podcast is brought to you by Delaware Humanities, a state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. And 2023-1973 In Conversation is produced by Delaware Public Media, Delaware source for NPR News. Thanks for joining us on 2023-1973 In Conversation as we celebrate 50 years of Delaware Humanities. I'm your host, Tom Byrne. In this first episode, we want to offer an overview of the history of Delaware Humanities, looking at how it started and the issues and events that shaped it through the years. Think of it and this podcast overall this year as a conversation about the conversations that have defined Delaware Humanities over the years and are setting its agenda into the future. To help us do that on this inaugural episode, we are joined by the current Executive Director of Delaware Humanities, Michelle Anstein, who has been with Delaware Humanities since 2018. We are also joined by Barbara Benson, past member of the Delaware Humanities Board in the late 1980s and early 1990s, who also served as board president at one time. So to both you, Michelle, and to you, Barbara, thank you so much for joining us on 2023-1973 In Conversation. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. So I want to start by noting the fact that the two of you know each other. Um, so I'm going to ask, I guess we'll start with Michelle. How, how did you guys meet? Well, um, I was a young, um, just out of um, having earned my uh, undergrad degree in, in history when I applied to work at the Delaware Historical Society. And um, Barbara Benson was the um, the director of the Historical Society at the time. So um, although she wasn't my direct supervisor when I started, um, I guess I could con- consider her my first um, boss in a professional situation. And so Barbara, what are your recollections of, of meeting Michelle and, and kind of forging a relationship with her around not just, I guess, really the, the Delaware Historical Society, but also eventually into what we're talking about here than Delaware Humanities. I very clearly remember um, first meeting Michelle. She was very impressive. Um, beyond where she was academically at that time, and also very, very interested in committing herself to history, particularly not just Delaware history, but public history. And she was very engaged with the public. And I thought that was really a a very, very good quality to get in someone. And certainly, I guess that is a a larger portion of how you both kind of gravitated toward Delaware humanities. Um, I guess using history and your interest in history and your study of history as a conduit. Barbara, I'll, I'll ask you specifically how you initially got involved with Delaware humanities. What drew you to the organization? That's interesting, because when I, I came to Delaware in 1973 uh, to work at Hagley, 
and I believe that's the year, Michelle, is that the year that um, Delaware Humanities started? Basically, yeah, it is. Um, And so I knew about the National Endowment for the Humanities, and they were opening these state programs. Um, But I didn't think much about them because they didn't really affect my life very much um, until I started um, at the Historical Society when it was um, a conduit to gain support for programs that we wanted to do that had um, broad, let's say, public interest. And so then I became very interested in the, histor- in the, the humanities forum. Um, I was invited to join the board, and then there I was. And Michelle, for you, how did you wind up going to Delaware Humanities, being led to Delaware Humanities? I, I, I assume it's kind of a, a sim- maybe a similar path to Barbara's. Yeah, actually, it is. Um, I think I could build um, <laughs> off of what Barbara's already said. But um, definitely during my time at the Historical Society, uh, Delaware Humanities, Delaware Humanities Forum, as it was at the time, was just um, so important um, for the work that we were doing, whether it was for um, producing exhibits or conversations, um, lectures for the public. Um, really, it was probably um, on a local level, um, one of the few, if not the only, um, organization that really was focusing on that type of humanities work and funding that sort of humanities work through um, grant making. And so I think that that was something that definitely interested me um, when I knew that the uh, prior um, director right before me was um, retiring. And I think also my trajectory, I'd been with the Historical Society for over two decades um, and definitely felt like I had um, I'd learned so much, but I also felt like I was getting to a point in my career where I needed a little bit of a shift. And I had earned my um, master's degree in liberal studies, which, I mean, when does that happen? Usually people specialize. They get, you know, more specific right, right. when they're um, getting their advanced degrees. But I went, you know, sort of broader. And I found that I was working with a lot of people Um, when I was directing uh, the historic site that I directed in Newcastle, um, I was working with a lot of people, especially professors um, and other members of staff at the University of Delaware who were working in different humanities-based disciplines. So it just, you know, my interests um, broadened and I felt like the next step really to continue to to ask the questions that um, I wanted to be asking you know, to benefit the the Delaware public was really to look at some of the other humanities disciplines and how that fed into the work I was doing. Which kind of, I guess, takes me to where I want to go with our conversation. You you talked about this idea that you kind of broadened out from your background in history. And I guess in a lot of ways, as we talk about 50 years of Delaware humanities, one thing that that people wonder is when you say Delaware humanities, what does humanities mean? And it, it seems to me it's it's evolved over time, right? So, I guess you know, Barbara, I'll, I'll bring you in here at this point as well. You know, what 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 did humanities and I guess specifically Delaware humanities, or at the time the Delaware Humanities Forum, look like in in 1973? What was kind of the the sense of what it was supposed to be all about? I think when it began, it had relatively narrow vision. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's surprising because there were 50 
of, of these organizations, one for each state. And so that, by its very nature, gave it a more narrow focus. And um, Delaware, being a small state, gave it a very narrow focus. Um, and th there was one other thing with the humanities forums when they started. There was always a concern that the National Endowment Human of Humanities would either disappear or the state programs would disappear. So they had a kind of only semi-permanence in the beginning. Um, and I think that made people look really very locally at the kind of programs they were going to do. It also came in 73, um, an interesting period in history, end of war, uh, Nixon's resignation, but the bicentennial of the American Revolution. And that really kicked off a great uh, interest in history, I think, a renewal of history interest. And I imagine, Michelle, it, 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 as Barbara said, it, it started very narrow. It was almost inevitable, I guess, it would have to broaden to find kind of those reasons for being and those, those spaces to fill, whether it be these state, one, state humanities forums or just nationally. Yeah, I, I definitely think that um, uh, Barbara has really brought out um, a very pertinent point. And I think that um, exactly when um, the the state councils were first, um, you know, founded in the early, you know, really 1970 um, up through probably 1974, 1975, mm -hmm. most of them, um, I, I do really think that um, it was a grand experiment um, because the NEH, the National Endowment for the Humanities, was really focused on um, academia. Um, and so I think there was really a push um, and a push, you know, because this is the NEH is a federal agency. So mm -hmm. a push um, from our um, congressional representatives to really make sure that um, it was applicable to the public. And I think over the decades, you know, I think although the the heart of what the humanities are and what they do um, has remained the same, how we use them has, um, you know, in, in many ways remained the same, I think the language that we use to describe them um, and also uh, really the people we look to in some cases to um, sort of lead us on our journey has broadened as well. It hasn't, you know, uh, veered away from where it was and from um, academics who play such an important role. But I think there are others being brought into the conversation constantly. Yeah, Barbara, are there some kind of like mileposts that you recall during your time with Delaware Humanities that help kind of define it or, as, as Michelle was saying, kind of broaden kind of the scope of what was being looked at? I mean, I, you mentioned the bicentennial in, in 1976 is, is one kind of key marker. Were there some, some things like that that kind of said to you in your mind, oh, this is something else that Delaware Humanities can, can be about, can look at, can focus on? Well, of course, because I'm trained as a historian and I worked for the Historical Society of Delaware, that was always my personal responsibility. So, um, of course, after the revolution, then you got the Constitution and you got all these things moving along that Delaware plays so uh, much into. And I digress for a second because I think about this now, particularly because I live in Rockford, Illinois, and the East Coast history is of negligible interest um, out here, whereas in Delaware, 
for the vast preponderance of the population, they know and take pride in many of those things. Um, so there were milestones, but often they were very historical. And I think the, the challenge for the, to, for the Humanities Forum always was to uh, look at the broadest possible definition of the humanities. Not always easy to do. Mm -hmm. Were there were there some things in the discussions you had during your time on the board and as board president that you recall helping to to broaden that discussion, um, or that, that you felt kind of maybe helped move the needle in in in, the, in that direction? I think some because we had, um, and I think Michelle, you still have it, um, speakers bureau, mm -hmm. and to find people who didn't necessarily come out of the academy. Um, or didn't work in the academy, who who had interesting insights and um, research in areas that the public was interested in. Um, I think particularly in terms of um, new topics, women's history, race relations, um, all kinds of things that just began to broaden away from just the bicentennial of the Constitution, say. How about you, Michelle? I mean, as, as you look at the kind of evolving definition of, of Delaware humanities. And, you know, it, it seems like the theme here is it, it started with that, that narrow focus on history. But as Barbara said, when you start looking at, you, you could broaden obviously history out, right, from that kind of like colonial revolutionary era to women's history. But also, Barbara mentioned, you know, kind of racial issues. Uh, it, it seemed natural that these would be the places that you would find of real interest to the community in Delaware. Are there some, some things that you recall that the Delaware Humanities has done or, or directions they've gone in that, that started to kind of pull that in, in that direction? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I would put it also in the context. There were certain things um, because, you know, we've always been tied to the NEH, even though we're a private nonprofit, um, we receive most of our funding still right. um, from the NEH. And so there were certain things that were asked of us um, and asked of all state humanities councils over the years. And there were just also certain trends. So um, I, it's interesting that really in the 1970s, um, you know, the focus of humanities councils was on public policy. Mm -hmm. um, in the 80s, it switched to multiculturalism. In the 90s, it was a broader public culture. And then in the 2000s, civic engagement, which I think continues on. I, I, nobody's really analyzed, I think, to see, you know, 2010s um, and what, you know, what, what was brought forward there. But I do really think that civic engagement continues to be um, a throughway, and as well as the other, um, you know, focus points for the different decades, they tend to um, fit into what we do. But I definitely think within those, you know, sort of broad topics, there were specific things that were done. I, when you talk about, um, uh, you know, sort of civil rights and um, thinking we're um, heading into the anniversary of Brown versus Board of Education. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Delaware was, you know, so important um, in the cases that were um, yes. brought together for Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, so there's been work done through the years around that. Um, I, I was looking recently at our documentaries that we've either funded or um, actually commissioned. And, you know, they run the gamut from 
uh, looking at Dell State University's mm-hmm. um, uh, history to dirt track racing to the broiler industry here in Delaware. I really think that there are so many um, facets that are so key to understanding Delaware um, that Delaware Humanities has hit on over the years. And I was really, um, I'm going to say surprised, but you know, to look back uh, 50 years ago and see that some of the same things, I shouldn't be surprised because I've had, you know, (laughs) training in history, but you know, same themes. It repeated again and again, maybe Past looked at prologue. It, it, exactly. Uh, you know, looked at it in a bit of a different way, but um, but definitely we um, have been asking ourselves the same or similar questions over these five decades. And and, and Barbara, some of what what Michelle's talking about kind of goes back to what what last year was focused on this idea of Delaware identity, um, and and it feels like a lot of of this is kind of all pulled together by that idea is, is some of the projects that Michelle is talking about um, maybe wouldn't necessarily be something that you would initially, the, the broiler industry or things like that, wouldn't necessarily be something you would immediately identify as, oh, that's, a, that's something that Delaware Humanities would be interested in. But in terms of establishing what the identity of a community is, that's what you're looking for, right? A- absolutely. And, and I am remiss to have not mentioned this before that I think one of the things that um, we have to remember about the State Humanities Forums is they each represent a different part of the country, a different size, uh, a different makeup perhaps of their population. And Delaware being such a small state, um, I don't mean that we have to keep repeating the same topics, but that we have some communal interests in our state that are more joined than, say, if you lived in California. Sure. And, and so that that does affect how you program. I was going to say, I mean, you know, speaking of, of programming, you, you mentioned the Speakers Bureau. That is something that's been a, a long, consistent kind of staple of Delaware Humanities. Are, are there any other pieces of what humanities has done that, uh, that you feel have really stood out? You mentioned some of the projects and documentaries. I'm curious... Are there some other things that we haven't talked about that um, have helped? Because, I mean, and I guess going back to what you said, Michelle, all those things kind of connect to community engagement, whether it's a speaker going out and talking about something and, and answering questions, a documentary that really takes a deep, in-depth dive into something. Are there, are there other things that, that Humanities has done, and you can jump anytime you want, Barbara, that, that you recall being like, wow, this is something that really helped shape the conversation that we're trying to have over the course of 50 years? Yeah, I I definitely think that um, there have been some really uh, innovative programs. And I think one of the the, um, beauties of the State Humanities Council network is that we um, we share liberally um, with our programming. Um, you know, I think about for many years um, there was a program that we um, ran in conjunction um, with Bay Health and with some other um, health facilities throughout the uh, state. But it was called Literature and Medicine. So really looking at um, you know the the fact that um, we need to be thinking about humanities um, and it can be quite helpful to folks who are very science 
driven mm-hmm. as well. Um, but it really helps in you know relating to patients and also getting through the stress of having a high pressure career in medicine. If we are able to have some of these discussions um, about you know kind of the world in which um, they're functioning and literature um, that really touches on some of those points as well. So we've had definitely programs like that. Um, Speakers has been a long-running program that continues to be um, uh, very popular and very useful, I think, especially to libraries throughout Mm -hmm. the state who are trying to program in their communities. And I think one of the things that, um, you know, this this might, um, uh, you know, sort of bring back memories for you too, Barbara, because um, one of the things that I found in our history as Delaware Humanities is there have been several touch points with um, humanities organizations and specifically history and museum based organizations throughout the state. Um, I know that this was something that we also touched on um, at the Historical Society, but trying to find a way to really bring that community together to draw on the strengths of, um, you know, sort of collectively of what they had to bring to the table and work, um, you know, together on themes and, you know, just different approaches, even to be able to just network and bounce ideas off of each other. And that's something that we're really launching into again um, through a new partnership with the Delaware Museum Association and Delaware's Division of Historical and Cultural Affairs. Barbara, are there some things that you recall uh, that, that, that stand out to you in terms of the programming and, and how it helped connect um, different groups? You know, like Michelle mentioned you know, something specifically focused on, on the medical uh, industry and the medical world. Um, anything that, that you recall that, that, that kind of also maybe touched some, some areas that needed a little bit more attention? Well, I can think of the areas that we didn't get to be able to get into. Because I think one of the problems for the humanities is it's such an amorphous word. Mm -hmm. What does it really mean? You know, for those of us who were liberal arts majors, we we have our sense of what it means. But it's it's far broader than that. And it's taken a long time to get public interest in talking about what they think the word means. And therefore want programs in those areas Um, because everything can't always be driven from the top down you have to have people who want that in their communities and And i think they've made big strides in that i was gonna say and that's that's part of a 50-year journey right i mean you you, as you said we we, this started as a very as you mentioned barbara very focused narrow thing and the conversation has helped build it out but as i guess you're saying barbara it still needs to broaden even further perhaps I think there are so many opportunities. Michelle, how about you? I mean, I mean do, you, do you see that, that possibility of continuing to redefine yeah. what humanities means? And as Barbara mentioned, kind of you know, finding people who may not necessarily think they're connected, but they in fact are. Absolutely. And I think that, um, as I said earlier, I think even in the language, um, you know, the word humanities can often seem like a barrier. I used to think working in the history field that history um, became a barrier (laughs) in conversations, but, well, humanities um, even more so. But, you know, I really do try to stress, even though the academic definition of the humanities might be 
all of these disciplines like history and philosophy and languages and literature that really um, funnel into these, you know, sort of non-science explorations of human beings. It really is the way that we, you know, um, document and process what it means to be human. So it's very fundamental in um, the what people do in their daily lives, and it really does feed into this idea of critical thinking um, and being able to make good decisions, um, you know, sound decisions where you're drawing on, um, you know, kind of multiple sources of information. And I really think that in navigating this very complicated world today, that's more important than ever. And we need to go, you know, hand in hand with um, with other, um, uh, you know, science and, and technology that are um, definitely important but need to be tempered a little bit by um, some very important and fundamental humanities questions. Well, and I'm interested because you both have expertise in history. How important is that? And we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of like pillars in a second for, for Delaware Humanities. But, but one of those pillars appears to be history and using history as kind of a through line in almost any topic you're talking about to help give people – a sense of where we've been to understand how we got to where we are and perhaps see where we're going to go. How crucial is that to you know, have kind of these fundamental pillars that help guide the conversation no matter what the topic is, Barbara? Well, that's true because when you think about it, I mean, history is really change over time and um, therefore it affects many other disciplines, art, medicine, all kinds of things. And so the word, well, lots of people, every time I tell people I'm a historian, they kind of wave goodbye to me. Um, it, it, is, it is fundamental to almost everything a humanities organization will do and will think through that lens. Michelle, Picking on what Barbara said, you talk about that, that concept of, of a through line and, and a lens to, to look at things through to help, and history being one of those lenses, to, to use to define whatever topic you're discussing. Well, yeah, I, I, one of the things that I definitely um, learned in, um, you know, in my work as a student, as a history student, um, and then even drawing on history um, for my grad degree um, was the importance of context. Um, and, you know, history is a field where it is just constantly drawing on context. And I think it, it really does, um, you know, make, the, um, make certain touch points um, relevant, you know, in, in uh, space and time to the world around us. So we can't, we can't possibly operate without um, the effects of, you know, kind of the outside world on us. And I think we need to constantly be looking, you know, back as we're making decisions as an organization, as, um, as human beings, um, as well as looking at, you know, the, the present situation to really understand um, where we're situated to the best of our abilities right now. <laughs> And, and I mentioned the fact that we, we want to talk a little bit more about pillars because that, that's one of the things that the, 
Delaware Humanities has done in, in recent years is, is kind of establish these kind of like four core concepts. And largely what, what we're talking about today is stories and history, right? I mean, it's, it's the story of Delaware Humanities, the history of Delaware Humanities, and how it kind of leads us from 1973 to, to 2023. And that's why the podcast is 2023-1973 in conversation. But the other pillars that and core concepts that Delaware Humanities has established at this point, health and environment, culture and community, media and democracy, uh, you how important is it, again, to, like history, have these other kind of, you know, focal points to help guide the conversation? You know, Barbara, it, it, to go, going back to what you said about where Delaware Humanities started, how it's grown, uh, I think you said even at one point, at some point you kind of need to, to find that focus. Uh, to have these kind of core concepts, is, is that almost necessary to help kind of create the guardrails for the conversation? Yes, and, and to give you touch points for uh, programming and activities that, that you, the Humanities Forum uh, wants to support and encourage within a community because you want something to grow beyond your, just the program you support. And, and, and Michelle, I, when, when these core concepts were established, what, I guess what was the thinking behind them? To, was that the thinking was to say that we, we need to find, as Barbara said, these touch points, these things that kind of kind of shape the conversation? I think that, um, definitely that's uh, a part of what we were thinking, a very important part of what we were thinking. Um, and we were also thinking about, um, you know, some of the conversation we've already had today, which is um, – when people say Delaware Humanities, what what are they thinking? What do they think we do? Are they familiar with us? Um, you know, I think that having those four core concepts really says a lot about um, not only the work that we do, but also what we think is important about our Delaware community going forward. And we'd like to not only, um, you know, bring in experts to talk a little bit about those, um, those topics, but we also really want to launch conversations within Delaware's communities that focus on those specific topics. And certainly those are conversations in these other areas that we will be having on this podcast through the remainder of the year. Uh, as we start to wind down, Barbara, I'm going to go back to you and ask you, um, as you think about 50 years, I mean, it's an incredible run for Delaware Humanities so far. I guess, can, can you in tr try to summarize in some way kind of your thoughts on, on the journey that Delaware Humanities has made so far and and if, if you feel it's 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 lived up to the the ideal that started back in 1973 uh, when when the humanities <clears throat> legislation was passed <clears throat> to create state programs it seemed very new and and perhaps tenuous and i think that the humanities forums across the country and certainly Delaware's, um, have done a wonderful job in, in building on the opportunities that this program has given them um, to, to become a, an important element in communities to get people talking and get people thinking and giving them an opportunity in um, I don't want to use the word safe spaces, but in um, well, spaces I, where people can talk about things. 
I guess I look at it, Barbara, is is creating comfortable conversations, like that that, yes. that people feel they can they can they can bring something to the table as they take something from the table. Yes, and and we live in a period right now. It seems to me that is a very um, contentious period, and we need all of that we can get in our lives. And Michelle, that's that's clearly a lot of what Delaware Humanities is right now. You know, as you reflect back on. Actually, I'm going to ask you kind of a two-part question. As you reflect back on Delaware Humanities over 50 years, your thoughts on, on how it's lived up to that ideal and how can it, second question, take it from here, so to speak? Yeah, I, I agree with Barbara. I really think that, um, you know, as I said in the beginning, in 1973, it was an experiment. Um, and it had a lot of energy, um, you know, from the people who were staff members and board early board members and um, also the community because there was, you know, federal funding that was coming into the state specifically for humanities-based programming. And I think that we have continued to build on that and make something that is much more permanent. I also think through the work that we're doing um, collectively as humanities councils across the U.S., that we are really um, proving, you know, the need for the National Endowment for the Humanities and also for these state programs. And um, very soon I'll be traveling to Washington, D.C. to talk with our congressional representatives um, about the work that we do because I, I really think that, um, you know, we're, um, we're really trying to, as we've discussed before, take the humanities to the public. Um, and without these state programs, um, it could never happen. So I think that um, Delaware Humanities in its own unique way uh, has made a, a, very, um, a very solid place for itself here um, in the Delaware community um, and amongst especially nonprofits that do humanities-based programming. Looking forward, I definitely think that we'll continue in this vein. So I think that there, you know, there are certain things that, again, you know, the, the thread runs through all of the decades. Um, but I think that we'll continue to listen to the public, listen to the audiences that we serve, and really tr uh, try to provide services that are meeting them where they are um, and serving what they need. I, I have to say, because I uh, grew up in Delaware, my grandfather actually worked for DuPont for a number of years. You know, I like to think um, that it's better living through the humanities here in <laughs> Delaware. Um, but uh, definitely, I think that there's um, a, a definite place for us going forward and really trying to make sure that all of these really important organizations that, um, that serve the humanities and serve their local communities are receiving the support and attention that they need um, to really, you know, give everybody a solid grounding as they're um, going through their lives here in Delaware. I was going to say, it seems to me 50 years is, is a pretty good proof of concept <laughs> it, from an experiment that started in 1973. And now, uh, you know, as Barbara alluded to and you've alluded to as well, there, there seems to be a sense that what humani these humanities councils, forums provide uh, is is needed now is is maybe more than ever in terms of as Barbara mentioned having these conversations in a way that are civil 
And as you mentioned earlier, doing it in this kind of public civic engagement way that, that really draws in as many people as possible. Absolutely. And I would say that in that uh, vein, um, we have launched this year a facilitators program. Um, so we do have facilitators who have been trained to facilitate a variety of different conversations, you know, based in our four core concepts. Um, but really to um, hit on some of those elements that are really important to different communities. So um, just like our speakers, they can be um, uh, basically engaged uh, through Delaware Humanities and come to a community organization. And instead of talking, you know, to the people, um, they're really trying to guide a conversation among all the participants. And we hope that this will um, continue to help bring people from different backgrounds together um, and really understand one another and empathize with one another um, as, as much as possible. I was going to say, that, that, that seems to be something that only an organization like Delaware Humanities could do. Uh, I mean, maybe there are others, but, but it seems tailor-made for an organization like this based on what has happened over the course of 50 years. Um, Delaware Humanities Executive Director Michelle Anstein and past Humanities Board Chair Barbara Benson. We thank you so much for joining us on this first edition of 2023-1973 In Conversation as we celebrate 50 years of Delaware Humanities. Thanks for being with us, Barbara and Michelle. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2023-1973 In Conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Delaware Humanities, a state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Its mission is to strengthen communities by encouraging all Delawareans to be inspired, informed, and engaged through exploring the diversity of human experience. 2023-1973 In Conversation is produced by Delaware Public Media, Delaware's source for NPR News. Thank you.